I had a really good bit planned um, because this is my this is my comedy writing outlet now. I don't get to go tell jokes <laughs> anymore. Uh, but uh, I, I probably won't ever get to do it either because after today, I'm gone for like two months. So yeah, man, you know, uh, thank God. Anyway, um, <laughs> now I did. I wanted to take the the cold open space real quick. And uh, and give a shout out to uh, to my dad, who listens to this uh, from time to time, and uh, he is the Hank Hill to my Bobby Hill because uh, I was never good at sports and he was, and so like we never had that to bond over. But he chose to bond me over racing, and so like when we were starting this whole ordeal, and I was trying to explain to my dad number one what a podcast is, number two what a black led racing podcast looked like he was like my biggest supporter and he's always asking about it and stuff like that. So in the odd event that he decides to listen to this episode, he'll at least get a happy birthday from me in the, in the, in the intro instead of me, like talking some bullshit about, I don't know, just whatever stupid stuff I come up with or whatever. Um, so yeah, that was, that was it. <clears throat> That's oddly wholesome out of you. Yeah, yeah. I was bit, not man. expecting wholesome hour from Carl. Well, That's you know, crazy. man. Well, you know, your happy birthday, Dad. Well, it won't be like that forever. So you know, just especially yeah, sure because in twenty minutes you're going back to normal. Well, you know, and especially because of the fact that like this is seven o'clock on a Monday night, and then I got to be up again tomorrow for more shenanigans for this pod. <laughs> so, I mean, let's be honest though. This is your best. Scenario yeah. in yeah. weeks, yeah. <laughs> in terms of timing, I anyway, I guess. Um, <laughs> I you know it is what it is. Um, are we uh, are we ready to go? Let's get it. Yeah. Okay. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Victory Lane Vibes. We are your hostesses with the mostesses. I'm Jared. We got Art. We got Danny. We got Carl. And you know, we we decided to do something different. We have a listener as a guest. Would you like to introduce yourself? Hey, y'all. I'm Sarah Davis. And then me is Sarah Davis again on Twitter. Uh, love the pod. Happy to be here. If you don't know uh, her and her, uh, I guess words have Phil. Uh, give us the, uh, the the flag to flag on the radio for for Bubba doing race weekend. So love you, Phil. No. Um, but yeah, we we could do something different this week. Um, Sarah was at the race. Sarah had her picture used by I think seriously fast stole her picture. They gave you credits, but um, on the article they wrote about uh, Bubba earlier today, they came out before we released this episode. So that's kind of cool. You're blowing up all over Twitter. Um, did you ever think you'd be famous? No, I, I don't think I'm famous, but uh, just for the record, Seriously Fast did ask if they could use that picture, and they did give me credit, so that was great. Um, yeah, they, there was a, a lot going on with the race and then the, the Fox spot last week, so um, crazy crazy year so far for us. So, yeah, it's been kind of cool. It's only been two weeks. Goodness gracious. Yeah. Well, all right, y'all. Let's get into it. Um, just to backtrack last week, I know Art and Carl are going to love this. Um, Stuart Haas got caught cheating. Um, their roof rails weren't up to spec on two of the cars uh, during tech inspection. So 
Uh, somebody kindly sent that text to the other two and said, hey, kill that, take that off. Um, apparently, this was a team-produced part, so I don't know if it's going to come with any penalties, but what was all that stuff you were saying about, about SHR art? The, I, I if they cheating, they ain't trying? They terrible. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah you got to cheat. It's it's me that came to their defense, and it's also mm. me that's uh that's eating humble crow, unfortunately. Um, <laughs> with the I, you know, I don't know, man. I, you know, they seem to be trying. They were in the conversation some yesterday. Mm. You know, I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I I for one, I enjoy it. If you're not cheating, you're really truly not trying, and they're really taking Tony's sentiments to heart. Getting I, you know, out by your team owner in, in the public eye can't be good for morale, but. Here we are. It, it's only right that when we go to Atlanta, the home of a uh, former, uh, well, I guess current or former Grand Hustle Kings recording artist, Young Dro, um, that we have a bunch of uh, roof-related racing implications this week. And for those that don't know, probably the most recent single that Dro did was, uh, and I'll quote, Car Ain't Got No Roof. Mm, we be in song. the city. All of my comrades are with me. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Arthur, turn this camera off. Car ain't got no roof. Oh, anyway. Um, <laughs> so yeah. So no, nah, that was um, that was something else. So um, uh, but yeah, I um, <laughs> Art's back. <laughs> oh. Oh man! The day we get a video element, y'all. Yeah, we're gonna see yeah. what actually happens when we record these episodes. I don't know what he got going on, but anyway, so something. yeah, need to fix yeah. Right I now. mean, yeah, like I said, they got called and um, no penalty yet, so we'll see. Um, maybe one of these days we get to talk to somebody that's on the uh, penalty of the board process that gets to entail what all goes into that whole deal, but. Uh, that was interesting for sure. I mean, they ran pretty good Sunday, so I don't know. They're cooking something, I suppose. Yeah, that that would be a great question to ask if we ever got the opportunity. Write that down. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, but with that, let's lead into Atlanta. Um, all three series were racing this weekend to Carl's dismay. Trucks and Xfinity ran on the same day. Um, he likes Friday, Saturday, Sunday racing, and NASCAR was like, nah, we're doing a doubleheader Saturday. so stupid. Um, <laughs> no, you're right. You're absolutely there, right. There are people are already there, man. Give the folks something to do every day. You know what I mean? Anyway. Um, so kicking off with trucks, uh Cal Bush races his old truck, takes the group one thousand and one uh spot uh, I was getting ready to say KBM Spire truck to Victory Lane uh for his sixty-third truck series win. Increasing his record, which is absolutely ridiculous. What did y'all think of the uh, the truck race? <laughs> I'm taking silence as you didn't. Uh, I, yeah, didn't I mean, really that, you know, that's about as far as I. Silence, yeah, <laughs> silence is the perfect. Silence is the perfect answer for the truck race. I, I will say this: I've learned something the last couple of years with all the shenanigans they've introduced to the sport from. Uh, the the NT1 spec motor in the truck series to the next-gen car to Atlanta being a super speedway to, um, you know, people uh, giving Matt DiBenedetto several chances. It usually goes one way or the other. So usually Xfinity and trucks have a great weekend and Cup is just flat, <laughs> or it's vice versa. 
And this weekend was no exception. I don't know. I, I had to go back and I watched highlights. I listened to the race. And I'll just chalk trucks and Xfinity up to the same thing. I, I guess there is a learning curve, and we just haven't been here enough to learn how to make moves at this track, how these trucks need to drive, all that kind of good stuff. Um, apparently, we also need to learn how to install pop rivets because folks <laughs> are having some windshield and roof issues. Uh, but you know what would fix all that is if they had an hour to practice. It's I'm, I'm telling you. So anyway, but yeah, like I said, that's about it. So Art, what'd you think? Yeah, I uh I think the most exciting thing was watching race control let Bailey Curry uh and I'm sorry, not Curry, Eckes ride around with no brakes for <laughs> about twenty laps. I don't understand how you can see that happening and just be in the mindset that this is fine. Uh that was really interesting to me. Uh, seeing Curry lose, uh, you know, the top of his truck was fascinating. I've never seen that without it being in a rollover or something crazy. Uh, but you know, thank goodness for Kyle Busch. I think he saved the show. I don't think there's any argument against that. Um, I need him to come back with the fake mustache every week under an alias and uh, keep showing up to spice up the show. Uh, it was a truck race, but I I was not a fan of the trucks or Xfinity this week, so it was it was kind of a hard watch for me. Danny, what about you? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> it was it was a it was a truck race. That's probably the best way to <laughs> phrase it. It was the most truck race of all time. Um, I'm not sure what can be said that hasn't already been. It's like it feels like we beat this horse every week. Um. You know, there's some nonsense that goes on. Um, you know, this week, yes, it was the loss of the roof, and uh, Eck is just rolling around with no brakes. We divert into a tangent about how NASCAR officiating is as convoluted as it is perplexing, ergo letting Eckes run around for about 20 or 30 laps with no brakes this week. And then we sit and grumble about it for a half an hour, and then rinse and repeat next time. This is really no different. Sarah, did you have a chance to to catch the the truck race? And if so, what were your thoughts on it? Yeah, we we did watch the truck race, and and like everyone else said, it, it was a truck race. Um, I think I think both trucks and Xfinity really could have benefited from some practice. Um, it's just putting them out there at that track. You know, we heard Cup drivers talk about how technical it is, how they had to be on the entire race, and not giving those drivers in the Xfinity and truck series, some time to practice with it is really hurting the quality of those two series at a track like Atlanta. Um, the Eckes thing was crazy. He was panicking on his radio and he didn't want to be out there. Um, while that NASCAR would let him drive around without brakes for so long. Um, and it was really disappointing, uh, for that Curry's roof ruined Ty Dillon's day. Um, but it was good to see Raj get another top 10 to start the season. So that was something, I guess. But, man, I just wanted someone to pull down and try to pass just at some point, at some time. But it was a truck race. Yeah, we're going to um, – <clears throat> we'll talk about Xfinity in a second, but I really think that NASCAR should relook at the package that the lower series bring because Cup had a lot of heavy lot of heavy lifting to do this weekend uh, to make sure those ticket sales are what they were supposed to be. But um, as Sarah mm -hmm. mentioned, Raj got – 
eighth, which gives him two top tens to start off his season. Fantastic in points um, in his uh, sophomore truck season. So he's normally cooking on a mile and a half. So I'm uh, I'm expecting more out of the uh, the 71 truck come Friday night, Carl. Friday night at eight where you live. Trucks. As as God intended, or Bill France Jr., whichever. <laughs> the same person. <laughs> well, while Jared chokes uh, from COVID, I'll say one wow. thing I would like to know out is uh, Raj had that that spin. I think he had a, a flat right rear, I want to say, or mm-hmm. left rear. Uh, right and, rear. Know, it would have been real easy for him to bend it. And he uh, was able to save that, nurse it around. I think they actually had him nurse it around two or three laps. It was at least two laps. Um, so for him to be able to, to keep it in one piece and, and able to salvage that into a, a top 10 was a, you know, a nifty bit of driving on him. That kind of parallels, I think, a, just a little bit uh, unintentionally Bubba's day um, you know, on Sunday, getting into some, some carnage, some trouble early and finding a way to survive to get a good finish. So a hat tip to him. Uh, you know, one thing I want to just touch on real quick before we move on is like, you know, to Sarah's point, you know, if Eckes is out there and he's scared to death because he's in a, a racing truck with no brakes, how do you think he feels if the crew chief tells him just to ride around the back and just go ahead and go? Like, <laughs> we, we'd have some hard conversations on the ride back to Charlotte about why would you leave me out here in this situation? You know, I left him in Atlanta. That's what I would have done. Yeah, I mean, it, I give him credit for not just dumping it into the wall and grinding it to a halt and getting out because that probably would have been my thing. Yeah, 100%. this is a fast track. Yeah, I mean, that's what his he had a quote on the radio saying, you know, if something happens in front of me, I'm just going to have to drive into the wall. Yeah, which and like, what you're putting a driver in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, not. I, you know, I, I certainly, you know, back in the day, kind of one of the one of the biggest sins that you could do that would have NASCAR come talk to you was have something fall out of the car, the car couldn't stop. You know, I know, um, uh, I remember, uh, I guess is hell, fourteen years ago now, and McMurray, I think, had some tungsten come out, and like they got in mm-hmm. a lot of trouble for a little bit. You know, I mean, and so uh, I, if I, I don't know to what extent NASCAR is on the team radio, I don't know. I'm led to believe that there is always an intermediary. I don't know if that's the case, but I feel like NASCAR should have probably gotten involved. If the broadcast knows about it, then NASCAR should know about it. And if NASCAR, you know, should have been highlighted that situation and told the team, we're, you know, we're, we're going to put out a yellow, bring them down, or just something. And I hope they talked to him after the fact and were like, y'all didn't need to let, let, let the, whatever check or system imbalance that didn't happen that allowed this to occur needs to be double and triple checked next time, or otherwise you're gonna be in a shit ton of trouble. Of trouble because, um, you know, yeah, it's just it, that's that's unexcusable. So, um, anyway, hey, what's going on, Vibe listeners? Carl here to talk to you guys for a minute about our partners over at Homefield Apparel. As we know, the racing season is already underway. We've already had two great action-packed weeks of racing, and there's no better time to start looking at new merchandise for the season than now. And that is where our friends at Homefield Apparel come into play. If you didn't already know who they are, they're a storied collegiate apparel company based out of Indianapolis, the heart of racing in North America, and they've been offering licensed apparel for a whopping 180 schools 
for a while now. And these are fantastic vintage designs made to fit comfortably as well. They're not gonna wear out after a couple of wears. And I gotta tell you, it's got me really excited for the racing collection lineup they're releasing this year. And to start it off, they're taking the green flag with the Hendrick Motorsports Collection, which is now live for pre-order on their website at homefieldapparel.com. And let me tell you something, they got a little something for everybody. Gear that pays homage to multiple eras of Hendrick Motorsports, one of the most winning teams in NASCAR history, featuring the likes of Jeff Gordon, Jimmy Johnson, old seven time, and Tim Redtrain, Mr. Days of Thunder himself. And I'm gonna tell you guys something. I went ahead, I went on the website, I looked at the upcoming Hendrick merch drop, and I'm gonna tell you something. This really highlights what Homefield excels at. These shirts are original artwork. There aren't recreations. There's nothing that they went and found on a search engine and grabbed and reprinted. They have worked closely and meticulously with Hendrick Motorsports, scouring over the archives of footage and photos to accurately recreate these wonderful vintage looks and really encapsulate the era of some of NASCAR's golden years spanning from the late 80s to the 2000s. These shirts are sure to turn heads and have folks asking, hey, did you find that at a yard sale or something? So imagine their shock when you tell them that these shirts were made in 2024 and they can also get one just like it online at homefieldapparel.com. It's a sleek, really easy to use website that allows you to view not only the current and upcoming racing collections, but all their offerings as well. They even have a mobile app you can also order from. So head on over to their website, homefieldapparel.com, and be sure to use our code VLV24. The Hendrick Collection is live right now for pre-order. You can go over there, you can look at everything, see what you want, and hey, by the way, when you get it, tag us on Twitter. Let us know what you got it. VL Vibes Podcast. It's time to let your racing apparel not just say that you're a racing fan but let it shout it again that's code vlv24 for 15 percent off at homefieldapparel.com cool we can move to xfinity um for those of you who watched the race like we did i apologize you would have had more fun watching six-year-olds with slot cars than watching the xfinity race um, but nevertheless, um, Brian Sieg runs out of gas, stacks up the field. Jesse Love throws his race away. And um, our beloved, but not really Austin Hill, gets his Mickey Mouse win at Atlanta. Um, yeah, the Xfinity Super Speedway at Atlanta needs to just go away. Please don't bring that back. Please bring the mile and a half cars. Please, for the love of God, don't make people watch two hours of that foolishness. What in the world? Well, you know, I, I just, I wonder, I wonder if, you know, I've already made the point about practice. This is an unknown. I wonder if maybe part of it where teams were trying to be conservative after uh, the quote, um, oh, what's that old boy's name? That, that was that wrestling commentary uh, where they had the hat all that time. You know what I'm talking about. JR. Uh, JR. Yeah, to quote JR, man, I mean, the Xfinity race at Daytona was a slobber knocker. So, you know, I mean, I feel like in a lot of ways, you know, they may have been really cautious about uh, not tearing up anything additional. I don't know. Again, that's a race I had to go and watch the highlights. Sorry, folks. I know we got on the Bonte last week about not watching the race, but he was at home eating Reese's Fast Break, and I'm driving an 80,000-pound vehicle. The two are not interchangeable, unfortunately. So I watched, I watched the highlights, uh, you know, I mean, and it just seems like, Nobody knew what the hell to do. I, I mean, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't strike me like it doesn't strike me as if there was any other ulterior motive. Then people were like, "Well, if I go, can they go? If I do this, can they do this?" And you know, I mean, we'll get to the cup race in a little bit. But it, again, this is something 
that if you do things like testing and practice and not just designing a track in iRacing and being like, here you go, here's the new Atlanta, maybe they can put on a better show. I don't really blame them for everything that transpired. I mean, it's just, it is what it is, man. I mean, like I said, you you already tore up your speed, your 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 plate, your primary plate car. You don't want to tear up your secondary plate car. You know, I get it. I mean, it is what it is. I'm, SVG got third. That was cool. So, um, you know, what else is it to say? Although, I, although every, it, it, I really was like, bro, I should really bet on Austin Hill winning this race. I should bet on a Chevy sweep. And I thought about it. I was like, nah, it's not going to happen again. <laughs> we'll, we'll have Cole Custer will stink it up or one of the Penske for it. And like, again, here I am sitting $20,000, none the richer, because I could have made a bet on that. Anyway, we'll, we'll, we'll keep going. So, All right. Yeah, Carl, this is where I need you to uh, fulfill my once-a-week musical request for Love Train by the OJs because it was a love train <laughs> all race long for the first two and a half stages. Uh, and Jesse Love was your conductor, and he hoped you had a great time. Uh, yeah, this was uh, this was rough, man. This is real rough. Like, I, I hate to be like ultra negative, like all the time about these these races but it was it was rough um i kind of wanted uh i wanted the two to go wire to wire basically and win the race just because at that point you've gone that far you know 98 percent of the race just finish it also i wanted the race to be done sooner so i was hoping it would just wrap up real smooth like uh but then i think it was the 39 ran out of gas and then everyone was trying to save save and i feel like i could be wrong but I feel like the crews on site have taken a lot longer. Maybe Sarah can talk on this uh, since she was at the race. But I feel like this season so far, the crews have taken a lot longer to clean up after the yellows and like get the race going. So they rode around for like six laps under caution at the end there to go two laps. And everybody ran out of gas at the front who didn't pit. And I, I don't blame them for not pitting if you're on the front two rows. But then the seas could not have parted any more than if it was, you know, coded into one of the video games where the cars are designed to crash at a certain point. One of those thunderplate challenges. I mean, that's literally what happened for uh, for Austin Hill. He just had to keep the wheel straight, and he won again. And so, once again, I'm here congratulating Austin Hill, saying, "Well, good job for you, but I don't want to see you anymore." Uh, yeah, man. It's, this was hard to watch. Uh, SVG, you are the only innocent. Come get behind me. I don't want you to get involved in this. Like you get big attaboys for surviving uh, two terrible, terrible races. Uh, I look forward to you being in the Cup Series sooner rather than later. Hopefully, Danny. Yeah, it's you know it's, it's funny you know Art. You talk about being uh, negative. I have been sharpening my axe. Something. Fierce on socials the last 24 hours. I so. saw that. And I almost responded from the pod account last night. And I was like, wait a minute. This isn't what, because I misunderstood what you meant. <laughs> I had it ready to go. And I was like, no, actually, this is horrible. Let me like not say this. <laughs> so. so, like I said, I think I'm turning into the show curmudgeon, unfortunately. But, Hell you know, yeah. all of all of this and all of this chatter, you know, it reminds me of, I'm sure all of you are familiar with it, but um, that infamous uh, AI diatribe about 20 years ago, we talking about 
practice. That's really what this this is. I it's just it's this, you know, it's the same thing. Again, we say it every week, and truth be told, it's like we seems like we get proven right to some capacity every single time. Um you know, when you wade out into the waters unknown, I mean, this is, you know, both trucks and Xfinity, this is what you're going to get. It is just that simple. Um, yeah, it was a mess, you know. For once, I don't think I'm really annoyed with anybody uh, specifically. You know, Shane was truly the only innocent bystander in all of this. It's like... You have had your first two, you know, Xfinity races have been a true trial by fire. And, you know, for that, I apologize. But also, you know, welcome to America, bud. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. It's an Xfinity race. Um, in some ways, the running out of fuel is kind of funny and kind of goofy. But we, it's like we another week of some nonsense um, is just nonsense and i would i would like off this ride please malfeasance if you will sarah what well you done think? yeah it was it was a pretty tough watch um of course felt bad for for jesse love um really really didn't love them leaving that decision to him in this second xfinity race um, and then they said on his radio something along the lines of, like, this is what you get paid for. And I'm like, I don't think he gets paid to to make the, the gas call there, buddy, um, as the driver. But to Art's point, yeah, I, I also have noticed the extreme delays in, in getting cautions done. Um, there was one during the cup race, the end of the second stage, that they were about to go green for their, so there would be two laps left in the stage and they called it off. In fact, they slowed the cars down almost to, to the point where the cars were running over each other um, and had to like, Freddie said something on the radio, like, whoa, whoa, hold up, hold up. And they were slowing the cars up, um, trying not to let it be just a one lap shootout. And then it had to be because they weren't done. They still had trucks on the track and then they just ran one lap um, to end the stage. And it's been like that several times already this season. So I don't know what's going on there, but that's six laps there at the end of the Xfinity race. Um, probably played into the gas problems that were already happening. So that's um, that's unfortunate that that could, uh, you know, cause more problems for teams in that situation. Just it just wasn't a fun watch at all. Yeah, that was. Um... I actually got to see the end of the race because of that, because I was coming home from work. Uh, I don't know if it's a safety thing or an AMR thing, or they were just slowing the button, dispatching people. But if you know that cars are running out of gas and it's happened six or seven times, if you're the incident command responder person for NASCAR, you should tell the tow trucks, to just, let's get it going, queue everybody up, whether you're needed or not, just to progress the race. People spend hard, their hard-earned money to, to watch racing, not yellow lights and ambulances. So hopefully we see something different at Vegas. Um, but yeah, it was a, that was a great point that you guys, you brought up about the response time. Um, and then moving on to race that saved the weekend, um, there was some calamity happened when Todd Gilliland found his brake pedal and uh, wrecked 14 cars. But uh, probably, was it the third closest finish in NASCAR history? The last 50 laps saved the race for me. Um, four wide, three wide to the finish. 
Daniel Suarez and the Amigos get back in victory lane and he punches his ticket to the playoffs. Um, let's talk about the race and then I'm going to ask you a question. Take us off, Art. Oh, I got to be the guinea pig. That's very ominous. Uh, yeah, I... Man, I hated the the first basically two stages of this race, to be honest with you. Uh, this race will go down in history for an amazing last 50 laps. You know, stage three as a whole was pretty solid. Um, and the last 50 laps were magic. And the finish was, of course, top tier. Um, but I'll be honest with you, this was a napper for me. Like stage two, I was out for like a solid 45 minutes. Mouth open, head back, snoring. Uh, I'm not even trying to be funny. That's just an honest assessment. Uh, I had to be woken up. Uh, I found out about, you know, the, the Willie B wreck because I slept through it. Um, I hate it how there was a wreck on lap one. Um, you know, I think we're all huge fans, you know, everyone of the sport. Uh, and you, you, I literally wait all week for the race on Sunday for the cup race. I, I love this. and I think we all do. But so for to wait all week for this and then for lap one to be a calamity, and then that was a long caution. That was about 20 minutes of caution. Uh, that was tough for me. Uh, I felt kind of bad for Denny because he got banged up a lot during this race. I feel like he was in like two or three wrecks. Uh, and was trying to limp it home there at the end. That was really rough. Uh, I give positive marks to Front Row Motorsports. Like they were a problem. Like they were a real problem. Uh, I expected the 34 to just be, you know, qualifying trim and fall off but he was there a long way uh the 38 as well was there a long way uh penske also seemed to really be really strong as well um i think they continue to be the best operation in terms of as a team at these drafting tracks uh so that was not a surprise but it's always interesting to see how they just constantly find a way to be running one two three at these places um Four wide was crazy. I thought that was insane. Uh, I was really invested in Bubba versus Chastain for the lucky dog late. Um, that was really intense. So, I mean, overall, it was a race that was saved by the third stage. And I would consider it a good race just because the ending was so good. You know, I'm usually a 51 percenter, where if 51 percent of the race is good, I'll consider it to be good. But the, the last half was just skewed so high that uh, I have to say that it was entertaining. But you know, I, as someone who last week said they were a big fan of plate tracks and, and, you know, drafting tracks, I now have super speedway fatigue after these last two weeks. Like, I need a break. I don't need to see them at any of these tracks for about 12 weeks, honestly, maybe even longer than that. Um, but, I mean, the finish was so magic that, like, none of this, none of these negatives I just mentioned mattered, right? Because the ending was so freaking magic. Uh, and shout out to Suarez. You know, I'm a fan of his. Happy for him. Uh, it was just crazy to see. And also shout out to Bubba. I'm sure we'll get to 2311 corner, but he had a, a rough day and was able to make something out of it. So all in all, you know, you were great on a curve <laughs> and you, you pulled out that final exam, but you really stunk up the first three quarters of the class. So uh, very interesting though. I'm, I'm still mixed on this new Atlanta, but that, like I said, the finish was just too fantastic to ignore. Danny. Oh, oh boy. Okay. I know why you picked me next. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So yes, um, I mean, honestly, and I guess, you know, certainly if you have been paying attention to my socials, I will amend my statement from right after the race. Yeah, Art is right, really about the last 50. I know in that one, I said basically the final restart. The last 50 were were fun. I mean, genuinely, you know, I said, you know, in those posts that I think that that certainly had a drafting track. That is probably the best that NASCAR has to offer. And truth be told, full stop, honestly, no matter the type of circuit, I'm not sure that it gets better, particularly than those last about five to ten laps. Um, however, the basically whole rest of the race was, in my opinion, absolutely atrocious. A, lap, a big old wreck on lap one. Lots of little mini wrecks throughout the race. I mean, you know, on the uh, Fox broadcast, they have the little thing about, you know, how many cars are undamaged in this race. And it's like six cars. It's like, uh-huh. Um, it's like, you know, there was, you know, certainly some bright spots. Yeah, because, you know, front row was there. And, yeah, they were strong all day. It was absolutely beautiful to see. Um. You know, Briscoe is driving like an idiot, but I'm sure we'll get to that um, in a bit. But, but um, I just, it's like, ugh. And also in the same thing, you know, I said at the top of the show last week in, you know, my axe to grind segment that, you know, the, certainly the NASCAR populace will, you know, heaven forbid they get a crumb of decent racing. They start clapping like children and then we'll start sitting here and we'll start headhunting fans of other series, and I don't think the smoke from Suarez's burnout in Atlanta had cleared yet when the tweet started rolling in. It's like, excuse me, I can very confidently tell you that, broadly speaking, most series do not give a toss about NASCAR in 2024, especially uh, motorsports fans, I guess, uh, to be a little bit more specific. It's not 1996 anymore. We've moved on. The huge momentum that NASCAR had at the end of the 90s, they completely squandered. And now it's, truth be told, in a lot of ways, NASCAR today is kind of in a similar spot that IndyCar is, if I'm being perfectly honest. You know, certainly can put a good, on a good show every once in a while, but nobody cares, <laughs> broadly speaking. It's like, and then you all decided that it was an intelligent idea to come poke the beehive, and then you weren't ready for when the F, you know, namely F1 regulars started coming for your neck, and now we're flipping the victimhood. Like, I don't understand what you all were hoping to achieve in that, other than mindless, useless, needless shit talking, frankly. It's like, it's like, congratulations. And I personally am not willing to rule this race out as an outlier you know it seems like post repave it seems like atlanta is wearing in well but this could have been a fluke we've seen this happen before with tracks that otherwise produce garbage racing you get a banger every once in a while i just it is beyond me why we feel the need to do this every single time that there's you know again half decent racing and that completely, um, like I say, completely ignores that the first basically 75% of this race was forgettable at best and downright irritating at worst. I, I just, I don't know. Like I've, 
I've had enough, uh, frankly, of this. Um, and I really wish that, frankly, NASCAR Twitter does something, because I really wish you all would fucking grow up. That is what I want. It's like just 99.99% .99 of us are adults. Act like it, please. All right, so I'm going to toss the mic to you since you had uh, the viewpoints throughout the ways. It looked good on TV when Fox remembered to zoom out. How was it for you in the stands? Yeah, that actually leads into exactly what I was going to say. So um, I did have quite a different viewpoint than people watching on TV. Um, it was from watching it in the stands, it was the most continuously exciting race I've ever been to in person but that was being able to watch the pack the whole race if Fox could have zoomed out and just showed the pack I think it would have been a lot more entertaining but Fox of course is never going to do that they're just going to show you like really zoomed in weird angles the whole race because that's what they do but and I, and I don't know that this makes this a good race but they were on edge the whole time that there could have been five times as many wrecks as there were. And there are already plenty of wrecks. Um, they were near wrecking at every single point in the race. And I don't necessarily think that's a good thing, but it is something you can watch nonstop and keep your mind going the whole time. And that's not something I get at every race. You know, I've sat the last couple of years at Martinsville with this car and uh, honestly been close to snoozing um, at a track. Um, we went to the Daytona 500 last year and there was a lull in there where I was eating snacks and just kind of chilling because it wasn't very entertaining watching a couple trains driving around. But at this race, you really couldn't take your eyes off it for a minute or you'd miss a lot. And I, I, that doesn't translate to the television very well, especially with this particular broadcast partner. Um, but it was, the, the pack was just, it was ever evolving. They were darting in and out, quick moves. Um, it was, there was so much to watch. Someone would take it four wide. Um, a, a line that looked like it was pretty set two wide would just all of a sudden morph into three wide. And someone looked like they were losing it. And then they wouldn't. And well, then they would. And it was just, it was exhilarating. Um, I don't know if it was good, but it was something to keep your eyes on the whole race. We didn't, I had to like remind myself to drink water. We didn't open a, a, a we had Nasty Beast supporting the sponsor. We didn't open a, a second Nasty Beast after when we opened after Green Flag. We never ate a snack during the race. Our snack bag was still stuffed at the end of the race. We realized we never did anything but watch um, and tweet. But we just couldn't take our eyes off what was happening on the track, which is a different experience because most of the time you have you have some downtime, and we didn't. So that was it was different. I just don't know that that makes it good racing if you're just watching for like the next wreck the whole time. Carl. I yeah I mean so multiple multiple multifaceted statements to make so for one I mean I, I do agree with Danny to some aspect that I feel like every every season we go through this this chest beating of uh, which motorsport series is is ultimately better 
um, for a variety of reasons. Um, you know, but I, I will say that, and this coincides something else. I mean, I did see a lot of commentary that people felt like this, the racing wasn't good because it was orchestrated and it was gimmicky. And like, how can you people be fans of this? Um, you know, when they've done all this to, to create this product. Right. So there was some commentary about that. And, and, you know, I mean, honestly, the reality of it is this, man, as far as like, you know, comparing series, you know, it's apples to oranges. Like it it isn't, it isn't comparable at all. Uh, everybody, everything has their, their strengths and weaknesses. That's why there's different disciplines, right? That's why people excel at one thing and not another, unless they're Scott McLaughlin. So, uh, or Juan Pablo Montoya. So, um, you know, or SVG, I guess. Well, uh, he hadn't done open wheel stuff yet, but you know, so I mean, like my, my, my you know, my, my thing about the race was this, you know, I, I don't feel like, I feel like, um, saying it was only interesting. It was only a good race because of the finish. Of the last 10 laps is uh, very disingenuous to it. Um, yeah, it absolutely took a lot of manufactured, elements from NASCAR to bring us to the point that we are now. And, and that's unfortunate, but at some point you have to take a step back and realize like, what is, what is this at, at, at a, at a, at a whole, right? Racing is just sports entertainment and, and really heavy emphasis on entertainment, right? Like it serves no other real purpose, like any other sport in the world. Um, and you can try to say like, well, oh, well, racing is different in the fact that it helps OEMs with production, but that's not a one-to-one anyway. So um, at the end of the day, this is entertainment. So, like, yeah, it is annoying that that NASCAR certainly took a track that I've loved for like my entire fanship, my you know twenty plus years of watching, and turned it into this. And I was certainly dragging my feet going into watching the race, but I was blessed enough to be able to watch about three fourths of it. And I will say there were a lot of elements. The, the production, Fox's production quality, and this is a sad point, they have phoned it in. I feel like they renewed this deal out of complacency. Um, the graphics suck. They, they are, they don't get dates right. I mean, you know, outside of Kevin Harvick, even Mike Joy is falling off and it's really annoying. I'm getting tired of listening to Clint Boyer try to be like Yippie-O, Yippie-I-A or whatever. That being said, when the production team was doing their job, the TV product with this car is some of the best racing I have seen with this car in a long period of time at a track like this, especially since we started going here. I mean, because you had guys that were able, like I said, to ride up top, pull down around the bottom, um, and lead a while. Guys were getting loose individually. I had made some commentary before about how what I miss about the last two generations of cars is how they could run in a play track and be still you know, far apart and separated. And we had that. Um, I don't know what factors led to this being the way that it was, but if they have figured this out and figured out this track, I'm all for going to this place from now on. Um, you know, it is unfortunate that Texas didn't get this treatment instead of Atlanta, but it is what it is. Um, I loved it. I mean, I'm not quick to call it like it's not a 10. There are certainly some weird elements to it. Uh, the wrecks and whatnot, but, um, at the end of the day, I think a big part of it is you have to you have to be willing to suspend some level of being a purist and just have fun and enjoy it, right? Like like you have like you know I often tell people all the time like it's just like you know going to see monster trucks. It's just like 
it's a show, man. Just enjoy it. Just have fun. And like I said, and that was fun. There were a lot of elements to it that were not based in what NASCAR should be. But the people in the stands had a great time. People watching had a great time for the most part. That's a win. I hope the viewership numbers reflect that. I hope the polls reflect that. I hope the race in September reflects that. I'm going to try to buy my tickets tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, this is, in the words of Bonte, this is a solid W. You talked about polls. So here's my question. There were 48 lead changes yesterday, which is a record high for Atlanta, uh, which probably means I'll never see the mountain half package there, which breaks my heart. Um, however, I just looked at Gluck's poll. 95% say yes. 5% say no. Atlanta was a good race. Was Atlanta a good race? Mm-hmm. Was in as a its whole look at it, the whole thing, flag to flag. Was it a good race or is your excitement skewed by the last 50 laps? I'll go first since I went last. It was a good race, Um, especially when you hold it up to past Atlanta races um, that were pretty much a carbon copy of what we saw in the Xfinity Series, especially when you hold it up to the last plate race we had at Daytona. Um, You know, just like I said, there were a lot of elements there. It was a good race. It was enjoyable and and. A lot of people on on my social medias, uh, my, on my timelines that are not diehard fans that watch the race had really positive reactions to it midway through. So I know that people were watching us. They were staying glued to their TVs. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think if, if, if the general consensus from the average fan, from the I'm going to watch at the end fan or I'm going to tune in and see what's going on fan um, – the guys that can't name crew chief kind of fan. If though, if the general consensus from them was that it was a good race, and I would think be compelled to believe that a lot of people should think it was a good race. The finish is just the icing on the cake, regardless. But I, I personally say yes, it was a good race. All right. Uh, I don't know, man. I was listening to Carl's points, and I, I think they're valid points, but I just. I don't know what the threshold is for good, I guess. I mean, was it exciting at the end? Yes. But like, this was a race where this race was like a meal where the appetizer wasn't great. The steak was undercooked, but they had the best peach pie at the end that you ever had in your life. And you're like, man, I walked out of there with a good taste in my mouth. Like, but the first two parts really weren't that great, at least for me. Um, So I don't know. Like, the thing is, like, if this finish was five percent worse it would not be i think heralded as great as it is i mean this is a probably a top five all-time nascar finish i think we can safely say like it's up there with the darlington the talladega um i but i don't know if you can say though that makes it a good race i just i don't know i still kind of want to stay by my 51 percent i'm asking i'm gonna say you have to answer the question i'm gonna say by the thinnest of margins Paper thin mark. I can see through the margin if I hold it up to the light. It's a good race. That's yeah. my final answer. So, uh, first, a quick thing to kind of touch on what Carl said, talking about the you know OE and kind of the road car development thing. I used to do that. I can tell you very confidently we have not given a toss about very much that happens in motorsports for probably 20 years. In modern road car development, if anything, it, we're so yeah. far beyond that. 
Right. And, and I, that wasn't a shot at you or nothing. What I'm saying is like people try to use that as some sort of like defense to like why like motorsports are so important. And I'm like that that era is yeah, over. No, I completely understand. Yeah, I knew what yeah. you were saying. It was just I think it was worth kind of hammering home. The point is that if anything, yeah, uh, especially when you start talking about performance car development, it is so far beyond the bounds of motorsports because we don't have rules to follow other than does it pass emissions, right, exactly. pass by right. and it won't kill somebody when it crashes. That's pretty much it. <laughs> but um see for me um you know same thing you know i you know listen to a lot of what you know carl said and i'm actually i'm flipping uh the other way by the absolute thinnest of margins for me no because it's the same thing it's you know the beginning certainly and you know and i as much as i hate doing this i will insert the caveat of certainly watching the race at home um, since we did have somebody who was there in person this week, you know, beginning, I mean, absolutely atrocious, a wreck on lap one. What are you guys doing? Um, you know, then the middle, yeah, same thing stage two, you know, my eyelids were getting heavy. I did stay awake. Thank you very much. But, but I certainly, um, I was getting, uh, getting comfortable, um, you know, stage two and then, you know, stage three, the last bit, absolutely fabulous, but. For me, that does not constitute a good race. That is just a good finish. And again, finish is an absolute banger. This is something that I think all of us here will talk about for a very long time. But then once, you know, you start, you know, should we, honestly, I don't even think we'll remember the rest of the race, if I'm being perfectly honest. But should somebody do, then a, a lot of that, I think, is going to get very conveniently shoveled off to the side. You know, because the finish was incredible, which, again, it was. But for me, yeah, it's, you know, I guess if art is like a 51%, yes, I am a 51%. No. Bad race. Sarah, good or bad? Yes or no? <laughs> well, I kept thinking about, you know, the wreck on lap one when Bubba spun. I thought I just drove eight hours to watch him run half a lap or not even half a lap. And that's, that's that. And if, and luckily he recovered and it was a long race and it turned out okay. But if I, if I was a Tyler Reddick fan and how would I felt, you know, I, what I've still enjoyed the race, probably not as much, you know, there's probably that perspective to look at um, as a fan in the stands, but I was entertained. It was it was an entertaining race. I don't know that the majority of it was necessarily good until, like everyone else has said, the towards the end, uh, the last half of the last stage. But overall, I I probably I would say it would, it would be hard to be there in person and not give it a good rating just because you couldn't look away. Um, it was an entertaining race, which for me is a good race because I have in this generation of car been to quite a few races that were not entertaining. So this one falls on good for me. Yeah. I feel like if you're, if you're in person, I bet it was a banger. Like it looked, I, I mean, you could have a, a race that's dog food on TV, but in person, it's amazing. Like I would love to have been at that race. Like, you know, I would have loved to have had tickets and gone down there. Um, I was going to say one, Jared, you should have asked us if it was entertaining. That would have been a much fairer question. So boo uh -uh. on you. Um, but, uh, the other thing I was going to say just real quick is I see a lot of people and 
I'm going to do my best not to be a hypocrite here because oh, here I go. rail all the time on Twitter about gatekeeping. All the time, especially the last like three weeks. But I, oh, I see <laughs> a lot of fans on Twitter and I watched the highlights again this morning of the or this afternoon of the race. And I saw the comments mm-hmm. on the YouTube and I saw so many people saying that this was and even reporters saying that this was the greatest race they'd ever seen and that it was the greatest next gen race they'd seen. And I just vehemently disagree with yeah, both no of those and no. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think sure. Kansas put on several races that were wire to wire better than yesterday's. And I think last year's Coke 600. I still think about that race just because it was so insane all throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, those two for me would, would leapfrog this in terms of totality. Now, memorability? Yes, this would actually absolutely uh, probably beat those two just because of the finish. But I'm just very curious, to the people that, I would love to, to have a sit-down conversation with more folks who think this is the greatest race they've ever seen. I would just be curious to understand, like, what is the, the qualifiers? And I'm not going to say they're wrong, because it's opinion. You're totally allowed to have it. It's subjective, yada, yada. But I'm just very curious, what is it about this race that makes it that good? Because I saw a lot of that, you know. Is it prisoner of the moment? Maybe. But, like, I saw several established NASCAR reporters who have done this for a decade plus say similar sentiments. So I did too. And it's a very bad look. Like, yeah, like I just, I'm very curious. Uh, again, I'm trying to be very nice here. I don't want to be like your opinion sucks. Cause that's not true. And you're totally allowed to have it, of course. But I just, I don't, I don't agree with it. And I just, I'm a bit shocked by that level of sentiment <clears throat> for the race. You, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, I think that, you know, you just look at, we, we we've had we've had four years now of just like looking to the sky and like asking why. I mean, really, you can go even further back than that. You know what I mean? And so, I think that in this sport specifically, and and just to just to make it comparable, like to like what like because the only other like major from motorsport that like I watch and like I can talk about like confidently or whatever is F one, and like. You look. You, you you ask any F one fan like, what's like your favorite race? Like, what's the best race the last two years, right? And they're almost one hundred percent probably going to say, uh, I'll either Silverstone uh, or uh, Brazil twenty twenty two, right? Because of because of the outcome. Because of, I just think we're in just such a I won't say abysmal spot, but a rough spot because there is so much that has changed in a very short period of time in this sport. I mean, you like. If at Homestead in 19, Kyle Busch is, li- is lifting the championship trophy and you're telling me everything that takes place in the sport now, I would be like, no, dude, you're on, you're on, you're on something um, or whatever the case may be. So um, I think that when we have moments like this, get very overzealous, we're very quick to label it as great and things like that because let's be, it's kind of a rarity. You know what I mean? I, just being honest with you, it's, it's, it's a rarity that we have these moments. So um it's unfortunate but i i I just you just have to kind of like take everything with a grain of salt now so so from my perspective i say no and the reason why is that fox said nothing when they were on the back stretch coming into turn three literally the booth was quiet i have never 
if they're three wide the entire lap, you need to say something. Say something. Say anything. Um, if NBC had this broadcast, it would be a yes for me. But just from my perspective on my couch, and I'm doing my own commentating, hell no. But we move on. Uh, 2311 Covenant, Bubba drove a bulldozer to fifth. Um, I didn't realize the splitter damage was that bad until the end of the race where they zoomed in on Instagram. I was like, oh, my God, how did he do that? This man can wheel. Um, to Sarah's point, Tyler did not have such a good day. Uh, he uh, brought the Xfinity Mobile Camry home 31st. Um, Bubba had another top five, lands him fourth in points. If my math was mathing, fourth in points. We're cooking. Mm-hmm. We're hot. The grease is in the pan. The Camry new body gets to go play at its first mile and a half track to see if we still continue dominance. Um, Sarah, I have you kick off first. Um, Where's your thoughts on the weekend from a, a 2311 perspective? Yeah, those, those are a stressful race for a lot of it. Um, that, that bit where he was running down Ross to bubble was running down Ross to get back the lap. Um, first off the great call there from booty to hit and get gas there. Um, I, I questioned it in the moment. I knew what he, he was thinking. He was thinking, you know, there's only, he told Bubba there was four cars, one lap down, but there were six. Um, and he was thinking there'd be a couple cautions you know, everyone would have to pit and, you know, Bubba could get the lap back. But I was like, oh, he's going to put him behind all six of these one lap down cars. That's way too many to pass. Um, and on the radio, Booty said, you know, um, I think the one has some damage. The 24 definitely has some damage. You'll have to get around the 47. I don't even know who the other two were. And when they, when they, the green flag came, the one just like launched like a rocket and just took off. And it took, Bubba a while to get around the 24 the 40 he already put down the 47 but I was like there's no way he's catching the one and damn he just I mean he picked off cars it was like him and the one were both going to just pass the field natural I think if it if it went green they both were just going to get their lap back the, the old-fashioned way but he did it and that was maybe the most exciting point of the race for me I mean I just I couldn't it was like he won the damn thing when he when he passed Ross um, and got that lap back. And then it was, you know, brand new ball game. And just his continued, like, mental aspect there. Um, at one point, somewhere in there, um, something happened. He got a little bit down. And, and Freddie was telling me to just re, re, you know, recover and get it back together. And Freddie and Bubba said to him, calm down. I'm fine. <laughs> like, like reassuring Freddie. Like, everything's fine here. You can, you can chill. Like, I'm good. Um, and I think Freddie knows him in a way that, you know, in the past, Bubba probably needed someone to kind of cheer him back up. But Bubba's in a different headspace this year. And once he was back on the lead lap, it was, you know, he said, it's not over. Let's go. Um, and, and, you know, we saw what happened, got a fifth out of it. So I feel awful for Tyler. He's His luck has not been here this year. But Bubba's, I believe I saw Bubba's the only driver with two top tens in the first two races. And they're both top fives. So, that is a great place to be. I believe he's fourth in points, but three points out of leading the points. So that is a good place to be after two races where your luck can, can put you in a very bad place. Yeah, had he, uh, had he not gotten tight coming out of three, the chef was going to prepare the meal and the finish probably would have been different because he was hauling ass um, trying to get up there and, and fight with them uh, to see if he can get a win. But um, 
Yeah, it was a it was a good race. Uh, Carl, Danny, Art, anything to add in twenty through eleven corner? Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll just say, you know, um, people can say that Obama's been, uh, you know, a victim of circumstances as far as like his luck's been, but I still think that it, it takes a, an awful lot on his part to persevere, be around at the end, and just make smart decisions. Um, and and he's did just that just two weeks in a row. So uh, yeah, I hate that for Tyler. That's a really good way to start the year. And you know, I was telling my dad, I was like, you know the same reason why this start is so great for Bubba is the same reason why it's so bad for Tyler, because you need stage points. You need to get finishes earlier in the year because you don't want to get to race 26 and you know, you're five or 10 points above or below the cut because of a point you missed at the beginning of the year. Um, you know, I mean like that's what hurt Bubba in the playoffs so much. So that was cool. Um, yeah, man. I mean, just, just really just seeing him persevere through yesterday you know, they had some self-inflicted wounds. I gathered it back up. Um, I know that car was not handling well. Like, like the, the, the Fox did, on occasion, some really good shots. And I could see, uh, you know, we talk, talk about this with Braden sometimes. But sometimes stuff from the sim translates. And I could see how hard it was for him to keep that thing on the bottom and that he was naturally fighting it from driving, from wanting to drive right. So, Nothing to be beaten and, and damaged and battered, and for him to put himself in a position for a top five, and who would have knows if they would have had two more laps, right? But to be there, I mean, you know, and, and be pacing, I, that that takes a lot for him to have done that with a hurt car at a track where you definitely do not want a hurt car. Um, yeah, I'm over the moon with that result. Uh, I, you know, and then the next couple tracks look at schedule. Um, I'm really excited to see that as well. So yeah, I mean, unfortunate for for Redick, I you know. Want both of them to do well, but also, you know, just happy for um, the way the year starting out for the 23. So. All right, Danny. Danny, all right. Okay, well, he's not going, so I will. Um, Let you go. It's trying to be nice. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, it was, you know, funny. You can, you know, we talk all race, you know, and Bubba working his way through the field where you really see the borked front end is final lap. Bubba very clearly makes a move to try to go down and make it four wide with Bush Blaney and Suarez. And it just washes up the track. And it's like, well, shoot. And you know, same thing, uh, Jared, I didn't realize exactly how borked it was until the car was sitting in, um, uh, park Fremont effectively. Um, in the pits, and it was like, oh, I didn't realize it was quite that bad. It's like, okay, well, this thing was driving like a truck all race then <laughs> with the splitter that tore up. And then when you think about that, and then the fact that, you know, from being, you know, pointing basically backwards on lap one, he drove his way up to bag stage points in stage one. You know, stage two didn't go brilliantly, but then was able to effectively move through the field practically at will with such a hurt car it's like good god no combination of a rocket ship of a car and well bubba can wheel um you know again it was a shame to see um tyler's day basically be ruined in that initial incident like that is just that's rough to have your race completely ruined you know turn two basically <laughs> Like, 
what a bummer. But, you know, I am, this is such a hot start, and I'm going to keep this to a minimum. But the fact that the only guy that's got two top five is fourth in points, this point system is broken and needs to die. <laughs> but anyway, moving on. I. Yeah, no, you get no argument from me about that. I was I was happy, uh, you know, watching the the last half of the race, the last stage. Uh, to Sarah's point, watching Bubba and Ross just drive through the field, uh, being a lap down, was both rewarding and agonizing because none of these passes counted for anything, uh, and they were fighting tooth and nail to get that that lucky dog spot. Uh, but yeah, I think. At the end of the race, Bubba's car seemed to be about a, a 10 to 15 lap car. Like that seemed to be about when it really kicked into gear. And when they had that last caution, my my hopes for a win were kind of dashed because it just seemed like he didn't have necessarily the short run speed. I mean, that could have been due to the damage, the setup. I mean, there's a lot of factors there, but I was very happy for him to come back in fifth. I was prepared for his day to be over at the start like everybody else was. Uh so this is all you could ask for, right? Survive. Outside of a win, this is really kind of the best case scenario you could hope for. You know, get a bunch of stage points, uh, get some good finishes, and and grow now to a mile and a half where you have a chance to really cook and you've got more control over your fate, right? Versus these super speedways. Um, and for Tyler, I I felt bad for him, but he's really fast. I'm not really concerned that he can't win one out of the next 24 races. Uh, he's won it. Super speedway. I'm not super speedways, but speedways. Uh, one at road courses. So I just feel like there's enough dates on the calendar that he can excel at, like a Coda or somewhere else. That I'm not too concerned. But uh, you know, like I said, the spotlight goes to the 23 this week, just for overcoming all the odds and uh, surviving to get a good finish. We move on to lights too bright. No, get those lights off. Off. They're too bright. Turn them off. Turn them off. Let's go. Ready? Turn off the lights. Turn off the lights. So my winner for lights too bright this week is a uh, race control on on two on two accords. Um, you should have your professional Cup Series drivers practice the pit road entry sequence if you're going to be stupid enough to have two different speed limits. 90 under green flag conditions to turn in turn three to 45 and turn four going into pit road. Sure, cool. But if you don't practice it, you saw what happened. Michael Bedell locked his brace up and him and Willie B went wee. Um, really surprised that we didn't get a, a yellow there for that. But uh, yeah, I'm not, I was gonna, I really had every intention to come on here and blame uh, Michael McDowell because y'all know I can't stand him. Um, Bubba still owes you from that all star race, buddy boy. I haven't forgotten. I know Bubba hasn't either. Um, but yeah, that was it was just a bad look because that was during the part of the race that was kind of sleepy and to have excitement happen and it wasn't anybody's fault, but NASCAR's was kind of humdrum. So that's my lights too bright winner. I want to go next just because I'm afraid someone's gonna steal them. <laughs> go. Um uh, uh, mine it. It, mine is Chase Briscoe. You Deserve to have a bag over your head and be on a black <laughs> helicopter to an undisclosed oh site held by the government that's classified for the acts that you were doing in this race. I mean, 
he's driving like you would in the video game. Just no, you know, damn the consequences. Uh, just dude, like so many chances for you to wreck it. And then you finally wreck it. And like, that was a really good car. <laughs> you know, a, a top five would have been great for SHR. Like a great day. And, and honestly, that car was so fast. Like you could have had a shot at the wind probably. So you just, buddy, you keep doing this, bro. Like you keep doing this. And it's so frustrating because all I can think is, please, God, get away from the drivers I like because it's late in the race. I just feel like you're just going to lose it, uh, which has been a pattern of his. So he gets my lights too bright. I mean, it was just so fresh. I called it. And I think a lot of folks probably did as well. But I called it like five laps before. I was like, oh, it's trouble. Like, please, Bubba, get away from him. And then sure enough, I'm going to, you know, slide up and four wide. And then also, last thing. This man had the audacity to get on my internet and lie to me and say that he got turned by the 23. My brother in Christ, we have eyes and cameras. I saw it. Like, what are you doing? So for you get one light for, for driving over your head and another light for lying to me. So that's that's my guy. Carl. Uh I don't think you can give lights to bright to anybody else, but um, the fabricators uh, of not one, but several truck series teams. Uh, I feel like after, 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 after all that happened at Homestead with Zane Smith, you dumb bastards would not be willing to try something that was so obvious. And yet you got Joe Blow over here on Twitter like, yeah, man, this is messed up. This is all that's going on. And and then, like, I mean, for the roof to come off the top of one of the cars, like, come on, man. Like, I, I made a joke on Facebook. I was like, I've been moonlighting as a as an NASCAR fabricator. I'm not even going to show up to work on Monday. I genuinely would, would not show back up to the shop if I was <laughs> responsible for that. Like, that's insane, man. Um, The other light's too bright uh, that I, I want to give, the part two, because I, I couldn't really decide on one. Um, the, 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 the 22 team, um, I, I just, I, I don't know. I feel like in my mind, right. If you're doing the special glove trick with a little, you know, silicone woo -woo 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 on the glove to, to direct the airflow around ingenious inception, mind you, maybe make the design blend into the glove so that when you're on camera holding your hand out the window, People aren't like, huh, why does his hand, why does his glove uh, look like a mouse, look like a, a, a mouse maze, a, a maze that a mouse goes through for cheese? What's going on there exactly? Um, you know, I mean, it's because it's like, it's just like, bro, y'all were so close to nobody figuring out your secret. And there you are. But in the end, it didn't even matter because he didn't serve the freaking penalty. So, I mean, in reality, he got lucky. So. Um, yeah, that's my life's too bright. Because it's just like, dang, that would have been cool if they had got away with it for a couple races and eventually won something. I would have been pissed off at the unfair advantage, but it would have been at least cool that they got some use out of it. But y'all got caught week two. That probably cost $600,000 in R&D for y'all to figure out just, just for some son of a bitch to not be like, hey, maybe we should make this white and not a black and not white so they can't tell what it is on camera. Anyway, that's it. 
did it. Yeah, so mine was, you know, I kind of talked about it a little bit, uh, kind of at the top of the show. It's, for me, it couldn't be uh, anything other than Chase Briscoe. Like, I, this happens every single time that the SHR, he's got a fast car. He just starts driving way above his head. It's like, what are you doing thinking that you are going to have the momentum to stick it four wide and actually think that on that line you will clear? I'm like, I don't care if you have the most rudimentary understanding of physics and or NASCAR races. Even a casual observer is going to go, well, that's never going to work. <laughs> And it didn't. And then I didn't realize that apparently he hopped on uh, socials and started lying to folks. Like, the replay very clearly shows him goofing that completely on his own. Like, the 23, you know, Bubba was nowhere near him. And then funny, it's actually, and you saw it a couple of times, because you watching and broadcast sucks, you know, we beat that horse. But you can watch um, in some of the shots where it's very obvious that a few cars just let him go. Because he's driving like a maniac. Because actually, earlier in stage two, Bubba just lets him go. It's like, okay, fine. You can go up there and, you know, run up to the front and then make a mess. And, like, I just, like I said, every time that that car is quick, Briscoe's brain falls out of his ears. And I do not understand how we keep doing this. I mean, you're not even just talking about this race. But there are a litany of examples where he probably could have bagged a top five or even potentially been in win contention, but he does something stupid and junks a car. Like, you know, you talk about not showing up to work on Monday. This NASCAR, and truth be told, motor racing in general is the only time where you can have a doofus like Chase who still somehow has a seat despite doing this repeatedly. And it kind of drives me nuts if I'm being perfectly honest. I just given him kudos to how, man, those numbers on the side of his car look good. Oops. There he goes. <laughs> Sarah, who's your light super right winner? Um, I'm going to go with the truck series. Uh, Majeski and Heim finished in second and third. They both got out of their trucks. So they didn't try to make a move. They didn't try to pass Kyle Busch at the end. And they both got out of their trucks. And Majeski said that he was afraid that the Toyotas behind him were going to link up and try to pass him. And, and Heim said he wanted to work with Majeski and try to pass Kyle Busch. So I'm like, what, what communication didn't happen here? Like, were we not telling our spotters, y'all get together, let's do this? Like, if, if, they, if Heim wanted to work with them, why, why didn't that happen? Like, y'all just drove around in, in a straight line to the end of the race, and that was that. And then you get out of your trucks and basically say you wanted to make something happen. Why didn't you? Why didn't you? I mean, you could have, it wouldn't have saved the whole race, but something could have happened. Something, anything. I just <laughs> would have liked to see something. So, yeah, that was disappointing. Well, that was fun. Uh, Vegas predictions. Trucks, Xfinity, Cup, um, Raja, Friday night. Sheldon Creed gets one because if he's going to be around Austin Hill, hopefully he shoves him into turn four and drives to victory lane. Um, so Sheldon Creed's going to win the, the Xfinity race uh, Saturday. And then um, we're going to see how practice goes since they have it this week. We're going to see how qualifying goes because we have it this week. 
if I see a Toyota anywhere in the top six after practicing qualifying, Bubba Wallace wins at Vegas. Comrades, predictions. Oh, I'm we're I'm here. Well, I might not be here, but if I am here seven days from today, it's me complaining about the lack of practice again. That's my prediction. I don't know, man. Uh, trucks. Uh, one of the Tricon guys, Christopher Bell, probably gonna win that. Um, uh, only way one of his diecasts are getting made this year, anyway. Um, Xfinity probably gonna be Sheldon Creed. He looks like he's fast. Uh, either him or maybe Chandler Smith, Sammy Smith, maybe. And then uh, Cup, I uh, mm, I don't, I. Tyler Reddick, because I just I just know that I'm not going to get lucky enough to get a bubble win, so I'm going to go with the next best thing, I guess, Tyler Reddick. As long as it's not a Hendrick Chevy, I don't care. Let Daniel Suarez go back to back two weeks in a row. That's fine with me. So, Danny? Yeah, that's it. Ugh, I don't know. Um, I half expect that the winner is going to be everybody upside down and on fire in uh, in trucks. Um, no, all joking aside, I figure it'll probably be one of the Tricon trucks. Uh, Xfinity, I was actually thinking it'll probably be Sammy Smith. Um, Cup, Cup is tough. Um, I figure if the Toyotas are fast, if the new Camrys are quick, then there is a very good chance that it could be um, it could be Bubba. Um, but that being said, I, you know, it's funny, you know, taking a shot at Seabell. Honestly, I could see him pulling off something at Vegas, too, if I'm being perfectly honest. Um, you know, Bonte, I you didn't hear that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm throwing you a bone there, friend. But, um, but yeah, I, uh, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Um, not really sure. I probably Sammy Smith and Xfinity is probably the one that I'm most sure about. If I'm being perfectly honest, and even then, I feel like there are, th- or there are a thousand ways I could go wrong. Sarah, I'm gonna go with probably C Bell and trucks. Um, Jesse Love and Xfinity, and uh, I want to say Bubba at Vegas, but I feel like if Toyotas are fast then Denny is probably driving with a pretty big chip on his shoulder with how things have gone. Um, and he's already made it really clear this season that he is driving for Denny and just Denny. And I feel like it might be a Denny week if the Toyotas are good. It's a good pick. Art? Yeah, yeah they're real good because two of the three were what I was going to say. But anyway, pivoting, yeah. um, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Raja versus Seabell for the win. Why? I don't know. I think I'm just a glutton for punishment. Um, but I'm going to hope for those two. Uh, in Xfinity, I totally was going to pick Jesse Love, but just for the sake of argument, I'm going to go uh, Stone Cold, Cold Custer. Uh, and then uh, for Cup Series, I'm going to say Bubba. I'm going to believe it. I, I wanted to pick him for this past week, but I knew the, the racing gods wouldn't give it to him. They've given him two banged up cars the last two weeks. I'm going to say he gets it done this week. I just remembered the ass whooping that Riley Herbst put on the Xfinity Series the last time 
right? I was I just was about to say. Oh, no, I've forgotten about that. As soon as I answered, I don't know. It, it might be the it might be the Riley Cole show. I don't know. Yeah, and like, so he's looking kind of good. He like, oh. he got a mess. He got a I don't know. Um, but yeah, Did Grandpa may have threatened to cut him off. Kick him out the car. Uh, well, with that, ladies and gents, that's been this episode of Ricky Lane Vibes. I don't have any quips or stories to tell. If you're an F1 fan, uh, stay tuned to Chicanery because I know when that news drops, Danny gonna have it hot off the press. That man's gonna be going on a garden leave indefinitely. <laughs> oh yeah, they're almost done with the. Uh, yeah, certainly. Yeah, report. reports is that the rumor is that actually uh, the investigation is done and that we will hear about something tomorrow. either tomorrow or Wednesday. Or Wednesday. Yeah. Um, also, uh, twelve hours of Bathurst recap. I am editing that out now, so that will probably be out first. Um, we'll have to see uh, if if it's a big enough banger, then Horner gets the boot. That will come first. That'll just be a quick solo sode. But barring that, it'll be 12 hours of Bathurst next. I think the F1 game gets announced tomorrow, too. Oh, so. yeah. That'll be an interesting day to search. <laughs> on oh, boy. Oh, man. Anyway, um, yeah, thank you all so much for listening to us. Thank you, Sarah, for stopping uh, I might by. Get some free- Appreciate yes, you. Of course. Thanks, Thanks for having me. Yeah, superstar, superstar Sarah. Just tell the folks where they can find you. I am at Sarah Davis again um, on basically all the socials. Her, yeah, uh, as, as we pointed out, her uh, and her other half, who will be remain nameless because he does not deserve it at this time, uh, they do a great job tweeting out 23 race audio. They save me. I, I follow them every Sunday for, for that. So give them a listen. Give them a follow, rather. Yeah. Also, the OG Mears gang. Um, for that as well, for for Sarah, I know she's a big Casey Mears fan. So if you are, even though he's not racing anymore, follow her. Um, yeah, stay tuned. We got some other stuff coming out this week. It's gonna be pretty awesome. Uh, I might get around and stop being lazy and stream iRacing this week. So just uh, keep uh, your eyes glued to the t- Twitter in case Twitch goes live. Where I may just suck at Hell Divers for an hour on stream. We'll figure it out, but. Uh, Thank y'all so much for listening to us. So we really appreciate it. I guess it. I can I can say it here. If you don't have your post notifications on for when we post news episodes, this week might be the one you want to hit that button. Yeah, you might. Yeah, you, you, you might want to hear it from on. us a couple times this week, and you're gonna you're gonna love every second yeah. of it. But with that, yeah, that's enough prompts. We'll go be Gordy Locks later on this week. We out. Huh? Peace. Viva Las Vegas. Don't yell pants in the air and wave them